Next on BYU Sports Nation, all eyes on who? Which BYU football position group demands your attention and excitement right now? Blaine Fowler discusses his early camp highlights, plus our two-on-one with BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Spicy Tuiaki. The latest update on Big Mo Longi Kainakua's NFL chances just got a lot better and another major league home run. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B. Happy Monday, everyone. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's the final day of July, Mm. which means football month is upon us. tomorrow. It's football month. I love that. NFL exhibitions. More training camps, fall camp, but an actual game for Brigham next month, which is this month. Like on a mission, you'd turn the corner, you'd be like, I'm going home next year, this year, or whatever. Yeah, all about perspective. <laughs> BYU football plays a game in August. A certain amount of days, which we'll get to later. Which we, yeah, we will tell you We're not doing it now. in just a moment. We didn't plan on getting to, to it now, so we're not going to do it now, okay? Wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with one-time grocery store produce manager, Jerem Jordan. That's not true, although I did li- uh, live, I basically, uh, worked in non-foods at Macy's Grocery Store. What was your least favorite job growing up? Um, oh, uh, besides working for my dad's carpet cleaning business? <laughs> <laughs> that could days. qualify. Hey, that qualifies. When I was like 16, I was working like... 45 hours a week during the summer, which is like real work. I've worked harder physically then than I do now, by far. That was hard, but it was fun. Yeah. No, it's... Going all over Portland with this like 18 or 19-year-old kid, just he and I. And I had those maps. You, you remember those? So no GPS, right? I'd have the maps, and I'd be like, where are we going? You know, I'm flipping in the back, like to this street. And I didn't understand when I was like 15, 15 or 14. No, I was 14 when I was doing this. And he was, was this legal? 16 or 17. Was this legal, Jared? It don't matter now. Uh, I didn't understand, like, oh, the freeway's the fastest route. So I'd, like, take us on some side street. For, and the guy's like, hey, uh, his name was Mike. Hey, uh, let's take the freeway next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was yours? Oh, man. It's a tie between working for Advanced Tree and Landscaping because I'm pretty sure that my contractor boss <laughs> was – Keeping most of the money and then like funneling us peons like just just a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so that was happening. And hanging Christmas lights that terrified hanging me. Christmas lights hanging Christmas in lights Utah? on these mansion homes was not a fun thing. I was I was worried for my life every day I went to work. Like what what well, happened? There's no difference now. Well, it's a little different. <laughs> it's a little different, yes. It's a cutthroat industry, man. My mouth can get me in trouble in this business. Uh, but yeah. climbing up a 40-foot ladder to hang these lights on these ridiculously sized homes in Utah was not a fun thing. That doesn't sound fun. Minimum wage. It doesn't sound fun in my own house. Who wants to do that? <laughs> not me. <laughs> Is it better than carpet cleaning, though? No, that was kind of fun. Okay. Well, Actually, there you go. Th- that was kind of fun. There you go. It was so satisfying, Spencer. Do you remember how rich you felt when you got your first paycheck, though? Well, yeah, when you're 14 and like $5. $132? Hey, I would love that now. Great. <laughs> Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. 
BYU football, heard of them? They practice Friday and Saturday. Head coach Kalani Satake thrilled with the progression of Coach Tuiaki's defensive line. We will hear about that in just a few minutes. We will be live from practice tonight at about 8.15 Eastern with Facebook Live interviews, players, coaches on display, and our all-access BYU TV sports Football practice recap. Do not miss it. Join the 45,000 viewers of our first two days of camp. Yeah, videos. that's not a joke. 45,000 so, views. Yeah, hang out with us. If you if you want audio only, behind the mic, Gregor Bell's podcast has those, which is cool. So Team BYU's got you covered. Cougars in the NFL news. Detroit Lions lineman Zigianza has been placed on the pup list. That is the physically unable to perform. He has some kind of injury at this point. It's early. Uh, you know, we're still a month or and a half or so from the regular season, but not a good sign early. Uh, also, Algernon Brown waived by my Seattle Seahawks. Hey, get healthy, Ziggy, and good luck to Algy, uh, whatever your football future holds. Sports Illustrated ranked the top 400 players in the National Football League, and the aforementioned Ziggy Ansa cracked the top 100 coming in at number 99. It's good to have a guy, right? And Jacob Brugman did work yesterday for the Oakland A's in a 6-5 win versus the Minnesota Twins. It's a part of our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Key numbers three, people. Jacob Brugman went three for five in his first three hit game, including his third homer. Third major league home run of his career. Congratulations and it, to Bruggy. It was, it was uh, right center-ish. So much so that he sprinted out of the box, so he didn't get to enjoy it per se, but it hung up in that uh, Bay Area air and got out, baby. boy, Jacob Brugman. We'll talk to Colton Shaver, who hopes to join Jacob in the major leagues sometime in the near future later on in the show. Rise and shout. Time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Position, position. Position. Three days into BYU football training camp, and we've seen just enough to get the adrenaline flowing for the 2017 edition of the BYU Cougars. I feel like we're five or ten minutes into a really anticipated movie, and we've been hooked, but there is still much to be written and much to be told. Yes, please. At this point, very excited, but where are you channeling that excitement? That takes us to our Twitter question. Which position group are you most excited to see this season and why? Who's the lead character that you can't take your eyes off of right Besides now? Besides Harry Styles. Hashtag BYUSN. At Greg Rosenhan. Linebackers. Fred Warner is going to be a savage. And a healthy butch is going to laugh people to their graves. Hashtag BYUSN. Hashtag Beast Mode. For me, the answer is tight ends. I think this can be a strength on offense. I think BYU's got some good players there, underdeveloped to a degree. MLP has moved over there. Tanner Balder is a good blocker, decent receiver. We hope that Matt Bushman can kind of be the guy at tight end. But I think there's some talent there. I'm excited to see the tight ends, man. Yeah, a lot of people think that the tight end group will produce that safety blanket for Tanner Mangum, the old reliable, going back to the roots yeah. of the quarterback in trouble, where's my I'm tight going end? back to my roots. Just throw it up to the tight end. My answer is the quarterback because this is BYU. Is Tanner Mangum finally going to take BYU to a return, return to their roots? Slinging it all over what, the field? 3,000 yards passing? Those are the words of Kalani Satake. Progression in year two of Ty Detmer's offense. And from what we hear from the head ball coach, he likes what he sees from Tanner Mangum. 
But I've been really pleased with, with the improvement from yesterday to today. And um, I think our quarterbacks are throwing the ball really well. And, um, you know, we, we, we got to deal with a few um, mistimed throws and a few errant throws, but a, a few drops, stuff like that. But uh, I think from yesterday to today, we improved a lot more. And uh, I think that the receivers are a talented bunch. They're just young. And so I'm really excited about the, about the way the, the, the passing game is going. The quarterback has my attention. Will he be throwing the ball more to the tight ends this year? We think so. You better believe BYU's throwing it more. They have a passing quarterback. Taysom Hill is an excellent runner. He could pass well, uh, but Tanner Mangum's forte is passing the rock down the field. Now, you mentioned 3,000 yards, right? Which is is like a minimum threshold for a BYU quarterback. If you don't get 3K, it's like, whoa, what happened? You better have 1,000 yards rushing if you're Taysom Hill. Our good friend Greg Rebell brought up the 4,000 mark while he was on the show, and he took some grief for that. He took some flack for that from fans on social media. It's like, whoa, 4,000 is a slow your roll. Then he pointed out there are 14 games. It is 285 yards passing per game over a 14-game schedule, assuming that BYU goes to a bowl game. Is 4,000? Like, yeah, yeah, if BYU them, doesn't go to a bowl game, we got bigger issues ex- than exactly. 4,000 yards. They're going to go to a bowl game. Yeah. They will go to a bowl game, so they will yes. have a 14th game. They play six Mountain West teams plus UMass. and it's Yeah, it's over. That's it all plays into why I'm looking at the quarterback. Cause it's like, okay, because generally that 4,000 mark has been the mark for really good BYU quarterbacks. Mm, no, it's like 3,500 plus. Oh, not 4,000? 4, 4,000 is more rare than you think in BYU history. Could Tanner Mangum do something like that? Nah, fourth, no. Yes, yes, he can do it. He can do it. Uh, this is a ball control offense, so I just don't see 4,000. Just not, not enough opportunities. I yeah, I just don't see the volume. Interesting. Like, he could totally do it, but I just don't see the – like, he's going to have to be – his yards for attempt per attempt are going to have to skyrocket from what they were last year. I'm you can't fascinated. be sub-seven and be like 4,000. You can't be sub-seven yards per attempt. And talk about 4,000 yards. You just can't. I'm fascinated by all of this, which is why I am watching the quarterback position. Let's stay with the QB as, as we uh, recap the top headliners from Friday's practice. We just heard from Kalani Satake, who says he likes not only the progress of Tanner Manga, but all of the quarterbacks. They handled the ball a little bit better coming out of center. And, that's always nice when you have just the basics happening. Well, hey, that's you know? to be expected early in camp. You're going to see that yeah, early in camp, especially from, from young guys. Those are from backups. The ones on offense? They're good. Really good? Like the, the line is solid. The running backs are solid. They're, lo- they're looking good. The, uh, the pass game looks good. The tight end. What, like when I see the ones on offense, I go, yeah, that's good. The first it's, play. It's the twos and threes where you're like, okay, they need to figure it out a little more. The first play I saw with mine eyes in fall camp, Tanner Mangum under center, rolling out on a bootleg, going through his progressions, and finding one Matt Bushman, the tight end. And I thought, you know what? That's the perfect play for me to witness as the first first one that I've seen in fall practice. I think we will see a lot of that. Yes, I was just going to say that. Let's see that a lot, Mo. The BYU passing game stretching. Well, not stretching the field so much at this point, but efficient. And you mentioned the ones. The ones look really good. Now, the BYU defense, on the other hand, Everyone's been asking about the defensive line. And Sione, you feel like you know what you have yes, at the linebacker the back seven. spot. And then who's kind of who's replacement. But the linemen, it's like, who's going to actually get sacks? Harvey Long, Eastside, Tautu were gone. They were, they were the best BYU had at, at sacking the quarterback. Sione Takitaki fills in for one of those guys, you'd think. 
So the question is, can the nose tackles get some pressure on the quarterback? Handsome Taniel has been very outspoken about he wasn't as good as he wanted to be last year. Slash, he played like the whole year with a, a tear in his elbow. He's healthy, yeah, and it makes a huge feeling difference. Good. Yep, feeling good. He's, although he's got the, uh, the, the blonde part going in the back of his uh, moulet a little bit, which I'm trying to figure out if I'm a fan of still. One of the more interesting things that we saw during Friday's practice, right at the end, in fact, it was the last play in 11-on-11s, Handsome Tanielu bats down a pass at the line from Tanner Mangum, and Tanner Mangum grabs the ball and spikes it into the grass out of frustration after he had had, like, a pretty good practice. Yeah, he was really good, so much so that Kalani Sasaki pointed out, hey, the pass game's coming along really well, and you heard that a moment ago. Yeah, in his words, he's slinging it all over the field. That's, those are welcome words when you're talking about a BYU quarterback. But it just showed Tanner, because you don't want to end a practice like that, right? Any athlete so, doesn't want to end. <laughs> he was poorly. so angry. But the defensive line kind of took that last little headline because of that play. What can they do? Can they wreak enough havoc to make BYU a threat up front? It's another position group that I'm interested to watch. Also, uh, J.J. Nwigwe, who is a lineman, he's been a backup lineman, a redshirting guy. He was a redshirt freshman last year. I believe he's a redshirt sophomore this year. He's a guy from Texas that all of a sudden was wearing – he's normally 65. He's wearing 96. He goes out, he catches a pass. The offense guys go crazy. So will J.J. Nwigwe get a look at tight end? That's an interesting one. Oh, some wrinkles, huh? All the tight ends. And I was surprised they actually showed that play during the part where the media watched. I thought they'd hold that close to the vest, but – well, who knows when that's going to... It's hard to hide a 6'6", 275-pound guy. Who knows when that's going to happen, Yeah, you know? Jerem likes the tight ends. I like the quarterbacks. We're talking about the defensive line, and you better believe that Kalani Satake is all in on helping his defensive line get better. That's where his expertise has been for a very long time. Listen to this. Yeah, I mean, Coach Tuyaki's going to get him right, and so I have a lot of confidence in him as a coach, and um, you know, they're, they're disruptive, and uh, we're doing some things up front that I think can give them a little bit more freedom to be uh, more aggressive, you know. So, um, and that's, that's what Coach Tuyaki is really about, running the defense. So we're going to be, I think we're going to be fine there with, with uh, what we have talent-wise. Our two-on-one with Elisa Tuyaki, the defensive coordinator, coming up at uh, the bottom of the hour on BYU Sports Nation. Listen, Jerem. The question marks are there, but that's what makes it fun, right? It plays it. The speculation is what makes college football great during training camp. It's so fun yeah. to wonder. Yeah, I, I wonder about, uh, you know, running backs and wide receivers. We're starting to get a clue into some of those answers. I, I don't think there's any real answers until you get to the games. But uh, the guys did practice Thursday, Friday, Saturday, obviously Sunday off. They practiced today as well. And as we mentioned, we'll be there. Uh, at practice with live Facebook, live interviews of players and coaches, 8.15 Eastern time. 45,000 people have watched our – or 45,000 views on the, the previous two days of video. So join us on Facebook.com slash Sports. We are less than four weeks away from BYU's first football game of the 2017 oh! season, and we start to see some of these position groups really go to work. Hit it! Countdown to the Vikings. 26 days. We're, we're in the 20s? Seriously? This is, hey, this is good. This is really good. 26 <laughs> days. The chatter is rolling at Let's practice, go. by the way. Both of these 
sides of the football are really going after each other. The competition level is fun. They're united at the end of practice. It's good. All good things. Play the Ragnar Lothbrooks already. (laughs) Which position group are you most excited to watch this fall for BYU football? Tell us why using the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, our two-on-one interviews with Elisa Tuiaki, but first Uncle B on what he has learned in the first three days of fall training camp. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. And if you haven't yet, when you've tweeted, hoping to get some reaction from us, Use the hashtag BYUSN. Behind the mic, or as I want to call it, behind the mic, uh, debuts Wednesday, 8 Eastern time with Gregor Bell. It's going to be a great show. This is a new show on BYU Radio and the app starting this Wednesday. The first two guests on the show, Spencer Kent Linton <laughs> and Chad Frederick Lewis. I don't know his middle name. <laughs> Yeah, what is Chad's middle name? Chad Lavelle Lewis. (laughs) Which position group are you most excited to see this season for BYU football and why? At xebola underscore Joe tweets in, the low production of the receivers last year makes me excited to see the group do better this year. New faces mean more opportunities. Yeah, oppos, he said. I like that. More ops. More ops. That's totes cray. Joining us now in Studio B is national champion quarterback, Uncle B, dual threat analyst, Blaine Fowler. Blaine, nice to have you back on the show. What up, Blaine? What's up, guys? I feel like we're 10 minutes into a really good movie that we've been anticipating for a long time as far as BYU football goes. And so, you know, we've got an hour and 50 minutes left, relatively speaking. We only know so much right now, right? After three days of fall camp. But after those three days, what have been your biggest takeaways? Just the first practice was a huge difference to me compared to first practice last year. So I went to the first practice last year, and, and I've been to every minute of every practice so far. So I've seen everything. And um, when I walked away from the first practice last year, I thought, wow, there's a long ways to go. Because the horn would go off at the end of a period, and everybody would just kind of look at each other like, so we, we think we know what we're supposed to do now. There was some hesitation on offense, um, a lot of stopping in the middle of things and teaching. So, so here we go in first practice last Thursday. They had their meetings on Wednesday. We go in Thursday. And from the minute the players walked out of the door of the student-athlete building, everybody knew exactly where they were supposed to be and what they were supposed to do. And when the horn went off, they immediately, boom, they went to where they were supposed to be. When I was watching the offense, there was some teaching going on in individual. They got into team. It was a machine. And so, so night and day difference on where they are in terms of understanding both the offense and the defense, where to be in practice, the way practice works, how to, how to do everything. It's they're so far ahead. It is light years ahead of where they were in practice one from a year ago. Now that should translate to better preparation early in the season because these guys know what they do, what they're doing, and they understand the concepts of what they're supposed to do. Which they better because Portland State comes pretty quick here, but then right on the heels of that is LSU, Utah, and Wisconsin. They play some great teams early on. I think that they will be way more prepared in the early season and have a bigger package in offensively than they did last season. How would you evaluate the play of Tanner Mangum so far? He's been really good. It's So I've noticed the difference already in the emphasis of the offense. So it's not just Tanner. Tanner seems in command. He seems to be making his reads. The ball's coming up quicker. It's getting out on time, and it's in the right spots. 
But I've seen that from all of the quarterbacks, really, especially the veteran ones. I'm talking, you know, the, the young guys, they're young guys, and they're going to take some time. But the, the guys that are veterans, um, all three of those guys are getting the ball up quicker and getting it out on time. Tanner's been particularly sharp, and I've noticed that he's reading the defense, and we're seeing the ball thrown a lot more in the middle part of the field. So tight ends down the middle, backs on the check down. He's not forcing the ball into bad spots. We'll see him kind of take what the defense gets. They'll chip, 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 and then all of a sudden, bam, over the top to one of the speedsters in, uh, in Bo Tanner or Trinaman or one of these guys. So I, I see a, uh, a quarterback right now in Tanner Mangum that really understands what he's supposed to do with the football um, and is getting the ball up on time to the right spots, not forcing it into bad places. Our Twitter question today is, which position group are you most excited to see this season for BYU football and why? So if you had to focus on one group, which would get and demand your attention right now? This is funny because we talked about it last Thursday before the first practice. Then I went out to three practices, and the tight end group is really good, guys. Like, so good that after Saturday's practice, I, I pulled Coach Clark aside and I just said, hey, Coach, I am really impressed with your group. They look awesome. The whole group looks good. Uh, Bushman, that dude's the real deal. <laughs> he hasn't even played in the game. No, You're I'm telling it. you guys, he is so smooth and gets it. He understands how to stem a defender and how to get open. He understands how to position his body. And if the quarterback will just throw it away from the defender, he's going to make the catch. He's got smooth hands. He runs well. He's the real deal. And then, Moroni, just as I suspected, he's in good shape, um, especially in Thursday's practice. He had some plays where he just ran away from people, and I'm thinking he's going to create mismatch problems. So, so that position group, Marshall looked good. Baldery. Baldery looked I mean, everybody in that group looked really, really sharp. So I'm thinking, wow, we went from a couple years ago where I was going, does BYU even have a tight end anymore? And is there any emphasis on that to – hey, this is going to be one of the strengths of this football team. And these are some of these guys are really, really young. It's going to be the strength for a long time. And it's not just that they're, they're looking good. It's that in this offense, there's an emphasis to get them the football. We've seen a lot of throws to tight ends in the middle of the field in this first three days of practice. And so that's fun. That's an easy throw for a quarterback to a big target that knows how to get open. Only one of those tight ends is a senior, and it's Baldery, by the way. So you're bringing all these guys back, which is awesome. Okay, what, what questions, and, and like I said in the previous segment, we don't get answers till the games, really. But what questions are starting to get answered a little bit to you? So I, the offensive line, I don't know that they were a question, but I spent two of the individual periods. I just went down and watched the offensive line against the defensive line in individual. And, and Mike Kempe's doing a really cool drill. Instead of just doing one-on-one where it's, okay, now Blaine, you go against Jeremy. He puts the whole line there, and then he calls it the last minute, who's the one-on-one guy? Then they snap the football. The rest of the group just comes off one step, and then they stay and go to the whistle, just mm-hmm. those two guys. So they have to go to the proper gaps and do all that. Um, really cool drill that I haven't seen before. I asked Mike about it after practice. He goes, yeah, I learned that at another place. It's a great drill, but it tells you how good these guys are physically. And I'm really excited about the, the conditioning, the strength, the footwork of both sides of, of, of the offense and, not offense and defense on the lines. They're really good. This offensive line is really deep. And some of these young guys are big-time talents. Um, so that, that group, I think, when we get into the season is going to be uh, on both sides of the ball. If you control the line of scrimmage, you win a lot of football games. And I feel better about both sides of, 
uh, uh, the line on offense and defense, especially last year, I really wondered how they were going to be on the offensive line. And I figured they'd be better because of experience this year. But now in three days of practice, and I know it's only three days, I look, I go, there's experience and there's depth. And to me, the offensive line isn't a question anymore. I think they're going to be really good. And the defensive line is deep. So you're going to be able to rotate fresh bodies through there. Um, Handsome Tanielu is a guy that um, I've been watching real close and he's in the best condition I've seen him at in, in this last – I mean, he came to camp in really, really good shape. And he's coming off the ball explosively. He's looked really, really good in the first couple of days. And now remember, Saturday's the first day they had even shoulder pads on. But once those guys put shoulder pads on, they kind of feel like it's, it's live, especially up front. So they were getting after it pretty good on Saturday, and he looked very good. True or false, Blaine, at some point in his career, Tanner Mangum will throw for 4,000 yards in a season as a BYU quarterback. They, they have enough games this year that it could be this year because – to me, my goal for this team this year is to be in the top 25 in passing. Uh, not, and I'm not expecting – I want to be – Per game? Yeah, per game, which if you look at this last year, they needed to be somewhere – if you look over the last 10 years, that's somewhere between 275 and 300 yards a game. That's about where you need to be. 285 over 14 games. Would get them there. So, so I would expect they're going to be between 275 and 300 this year. They're going to have balance. But I'd like to see a team that throws it for 285, 290, 300, and then rushes it for 175 to 200, depending <laughs> on the game. Is that okay? Because I want them in the top 20 in total offense, too. Right? So mark that down. That's all I want them to do. But, but I do think – I see it now through the blue goggles. <laughs> I do think that with the ball control passing game that Ty wants to run, if these tight ends are as good as they look, you know, in here in the first early going, um, I think they'll throw a high completion percentage. He'll check down to guys. Guys will run with the football after the catch, and they should be able to produce at that level. So this is a year where he should be close to that. If, if they produce the way they should with the weapons they have, that's a year that they could look at that again. Try these on. Just see what. So, just hey, look through keep, those and keep, see if you see 4,000, Blaine. Do you Ooh, see it? I see 3,840. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I was hoping they'd get to four. I was hoping you get to four through the blue goggles. But, yeah. the, 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 the reason I say that that's a possibility is because they play, because they play yeah. that 13th regular season. Exactly. Game. This yeah. looks like a bowl team. In the back seven, right, you can back up some 14 stuff. games. Hey, if they average 250 a game in the first five games. Oh, and then throw that for, competition? Right, and, then, and then throw for 350 a game after that, which is – the kind of thing that could happen. So they're not going to do what they did. It's not going to be – I hate to say, hey, when I played. It's not going to be like when I played where we said, hey, you know what, we'll run it if we feel like it. <laughs> um, or we'll run it to keep them honest with a couple of draws, and we're Robbie slinging the ball around 58 times a game. <laughs> I, I, that, it just doesn't fit their personnel yeah. right now, and the way defenses are set up right now, you have to be balanced to be successful. But I think that, w- that we will be balanced with an emphasis on the throw game mm. with Ty running this thing, and it's going to be fun. A, st- a step towards going back to the roots, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it, looked like, it should look like an NFL offense. So think think Green Bay Packers, Seattle Seahawks, you know those types of teams. Or even you know you go back further. Think the Niners in the heyday when Steve Young was running that offense. They always had good running game to go along with the passing game, and it was a take what the defense gives, you know, throw the ball underneath, and then occasionally take a shot downfield. But it's not this vertical spread, crazy, throw it all over the place type of an offense. It's a thoughtful, meticulous, move the ball down the field, possess the football, throw game. Where the you know some of this underneath stuff is just an extension of your run game, but yards rack up when you do that. They still rack up. You you still can throw for two eighty five a game. Let's do it. All right, we're now eleven minutes into the BYU football movie, and I feel even better 
about things after talking to Blaine Fowler. Which position group are you most excited to see this season and why? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Jerem's putting the blue goggles back on. At Lasersheep tweets in wide receivers. I think we'll be pleasantly surprised with the depth, even with our lack of returning starters. We have some speed at wide receiver. Blaine's got the tight Etmers junior year goggles on. Should we go for the trifecta? Let's do it. All right. We're off camera. We're off camera, but all those that can hear us, all blue goggles in Studio B. Elisa Tuiaki up next. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere you so choose to engage with us on BYU Sports Nation. Missed it. Blaine Fowler talked about what's impressed him through the first few couple of days of camp, not to mention uh, – some sound from Kalani Sataki talking about the pass game, talking about the defensive line. If you missed that, you can always download this podcast on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or the TuneIn apps. Yeah, who did Blaine say is the, quote, real deal for BYU football? Who hasn't even played in the game yet. And true or false, Tanner Mangum can throw for 4,000 yards this season. Blaine answers it all. <laughs> I'm just thinking about him with those huge blue goggles on. Those are the tied up Mer Junior 5,000-yard <laughs> goggles. That's what those are. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. Fall camp practice for today. Head coach Kalani Satake thrilled with the progression of Coach Tuiaki's defensive line and the skill they are showing early in camp. Maybe they're the position group you're most excited to watch. The Cougars practice Saturday and will practice again tonight. We will be live at 8.15 Eastern with Facebook Live interviews, players and coaches, and... The top headlines in our fall camp recap. Check it out, BYU TV Sports Facebook page. Detroit uh, Lions lineman Ziggy Ansah placed on the pup list, a physically unable to perform list. Also, Sports Illustrated ranked him number 99 in its top NFL players. Algernon Brown way by the Seahawks. And kind of cool his chances of making the Browns are better. Unfortunately, it's at the cost of an injury for safety Ed Reynolds for the Browns. But... The, quote, next man up, according to one Browns writer, is Kainakua. Yeah, they, they were already shallow at that position group as it is, and so to have a guy unfortunately go down with an injury, and Kainakua could see some serious field time for the Cleveland Browns. Hey, make the team first. That's my Hey, get, like, it, get on. Undrafted free agent. Absolutely. Make the team. Absolutely. In the major leagues, Jacob Brugman had his first three-hit game as an Oakland A, going three for five, including his third home run. In his big league career, the A's won again 6-5 to five over the Minnesota Twins. Back to BYU football fall camp now with our two-on-one interview. The defensive coordinator, Elisa Tuiaki, discussing everything from Sione Takitaki to progression from year one to year two to what's the latest with Big Mo Longi. It's BYU football fall camp all access with Kochi. Elisa, two days into fall camp, what's the best thing you have seen at this point as the defensive coordinator? Oh, the food's been really good. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of broccoli and protein has been good. They, Hard to argue really with that. Yeah. Broccoli, really? Yeah. You don't like broccoli? Well, if I have some lemons. Yeah, yeah I guess. I've never tried that. Try it. Yeah. It's not really about taste after a while. It's just really about getting the, the right nutrients and protein in your yeah. body. Right. This no, interview, just blend this interview it is off to bark. an amazing start. Yeah. Tree bark, <laughs> tree, tree bark, whatever you have to do, you just got to munch it down and get and get out of there. You and your kale and quinoa. Come on, man. <laughs> no, but no, but what uh, what is the best food for your defense? You're like, okay, I want to, I want these guys to have great protein. I want them to have energy. What's the food that you're like? Okay, we got to eat it. <sighs> I can't. I don't know, that's a hard one, man. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich, probably. Classic. Yeah. 
You just got to go with the old school. I mean, they're all used to it, right? It, who, who doesn't eat that when you're young, yeah. right? Open up your lunch sack and it's there. So something they're familiar with. All right, with. this segment My, on nutrition yeah. brought to you by Elisa Tuiaki. Mild disappointment when I opened it up and it was PB&J. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> anyway, like, oh, man, again? I love peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> uh, it's, it's tough to tell, like, what your team is capable of so early in camp. But, I mean, what, when, you, when you're trying to pick out positives and, and you're, you're gaining energy and you're looking for, for good things that you're seeing from your players, what are you seeing? They're, they're, they're playing hard. You know, they're playing hard and uh, having the veteran group back is really it's, it's been really good for their confidence and um, the young kids I think are coming along uh, quickly the learning curve is really really good for them um, but they're, they're I mean they're playing hard you know and, and that's that's always a good thing when you're talking defense how much do you pick up where you left off last year versus there are new guys that weren't a part of that defense and you have to get them reps and teach them the defense it's you know the, <clears throat> the game has so many nuances and especially um, certain positions, you know, playing corner for for like Keenan Ellis, who, who was a receiver and quarterback and and a skilled player in high school, and come play corner. I mean, it's it's a whole new ball game for him. And so I'll just learn all the nuances of where, where to align, you know, where their eyes are, you know, down and distance. All that now everything really becomes overwhelming. And it's the same thing with you know some of the young D linemen. It's it's uh, you know what's a down distance. Well, I don't know. I was just really trying to get aligned, you know, and and. Uh, so they're just getting them to kind of get it and, and feel comfortable with all the nuances of the game is really it. So we've been trying to keep it simple for them and, and just let them play fast. How comfortable do you feel as the defensive coordinator at this point last year to this year? Um, wait, what's the, about me? Yeah. Oh, I, I feel feel better. <laughs> <laughs> last, last year was you know a lot of. Uh, a lot of late nights staying up, just kind of questioning myself and all that. But I mean, and I, I've always had uh, you know good staff and obviously a really good head coach and people to to bounce ideas off of as well as just kind of uh, you know uh, validate some of the, the thoughts and ideas and and uh, so you know having last year under our belt and coming back this year with the kids feeling as confident as they are really makes me feel good. How much more advanced is your playbook this year versus last, or do you keep it the same, or do you even simplify it more? Uh, you know, we try to keep it simple, whether you know whether we're changing it or not. And there, there, there's a couple of things that we change that we like better, um, and some things that we left the same. You know, but it's it's all really about um, having something that you're really good at and having a good change up. You know, and and so that's really we're just trying to keep it as simple as possible, keep it uh, keep the change ups good enough where we can still throw offenses off and and make things look the same, but actually do something different and. It really keep it simple for the kids. Sione Takitaki spoke with the media yesterday and kept reiterating, I, I'm just so blessed to be back. I'm, I'm so glad to be back. And talked about how he had to watch BYU from his couch last year and how hard that was on him. Having him back on the field, what does that do for your defensive line? I mean, it adds, uh, adds, adds a great kid, you know, a great kid, a passionate leader, but also he is really, really fast off the edge. And so, um, you know, and I – I, as a coach, you appreciate a kid that's been through something like that. Um, you know, he's he's so grateful. He's he's uh, really really pays attention and and you know goes the extra mile to do things just because he appreciates it more. You know, I think there's something to be said about kids that appreciate things, um, even when you're recruiting. You know, kids that come back that have been here, and also kids that you're recruiting. Just uh, kids that appreciate things work really really hard. How do you see this team matching up in terms of the what you ID'd last year as the top two things on defense? Points allowed and turnovers. How do you feel about this group? Uh, you know, we're we, we haven't really talked much about the goals yet. Everything is is kind of just been 
um, about taking the first step. Um, but obviously, those those will be when we go into the fall. It'll be it'll be emphasis, and it'll be things that we talk about as we get comfortable in our scheme and we start really rolling with scrimmages and all that stuff with the offense. I mean, um, that, that that that's that's a big big deal to us. An individual in the off season will like if I'm a basketball player, I'll be like, I need to improve my jump shot or whatever. Collectively, as a defense, do you as the D coordinator ID? Okay, I'd like to get more pass rush and more what like we're good here. Let's let's develop this part. Did that happen in this offseason? Yeah, and I think everybody does that. You 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 have to look at your your defense and figure out you know where you can get better, where you feel comfortable with. But obviously, everybody you know uh, with the the veteran backers that come back, you feel good. You want to tighten things up, and you know we talked about that in the first day of uh, fall camp was was uh, not being settled, you know, being a person that's humble enough to be developed. And that's, you know, you, you, you see a lot of kids that you recruit. And I was thinking about this about the summer. You see a lot of kids that you recruited that all of a sudden disappear, right? Like you go to a program and whether it's yours, I mean, whether yours or, or whatever, it's a kid starts to disappear because they were a highly recruited kid that just never, never continued to be developed. And so, you know, like Fred Warner, for instance, right? Really, really good backer. I think the the, there's a lot of uh, you know talk about him as a as a as a legit NFL guy, and it's it's uh, continuing to be developed, continuing to be humble enough to listen and know that there's things to work on, and I mean, you you never be good enough, you know. And I think as long as you have that attitude, you, you can uh, you'll always get better and, and just you know grow. How and you still get after Fred? Of course Someone, you get. A, tell get me you get after, after Fred, Fred right? right? Well, now, now you have to define what get after means. <laughs> Develop him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah obviously. You know, that's, uh, we were today, you know, just talking about stuff. And so it's – and he's Fred, – Fred's never been that, that uh, you know, personality to uh, be a contrarian right off the bat. But he's, he's uh, really listens, and, and uh, it's, it's good to have conversation too because he'll tell you, well, I thought this is better. And then you can actually, as a coach, think about it, well – you might be right or no. The reason why you're not doing it is because you would end up giving this up versus doing that. And it's really good conversation. And, uh, you know, I think it's uh, trust building as well, you know, where he feels like he's not just trying to tell me what to do. He actually wants me to, to, to get better as a person and, you know, do what's best for the team. We just want Fred to get razzed a little bit. That's, that's Someone's got to do it. It's probably got to be you. Okay, yeah. Why me? <laughs> You're the defensive coordinator. I don't know if you knew this. You got to give it to Troy. Let Troy do that. Okay. Troy will do okay, it. Okay, so channel, <laughs> that plenty. Through, channel that through Troy. Uh, how close to establishing a depth chart for the fall season are you at this point? The, a lot of young kids are playing right now. And like I you know, was telling you right before we got here, it's for the D-line, it's fake football. You know, we don't have pads yet, and you can't really – some guys are kind of slipping off blocks and really getting in the backfield and like, oh, dude, I'm disruptive. You don't have no pads on. You know? It's like that, that's not as realistic as, as, as it just looks right now. And so when we get pads on and we actually see who can hold the blocks, who can really defeat blocks and all that stuff, we start to develop something there. And, you know, the, the, the secondary and some of the young kids there at the backer group, it's really just how fast they get the scheme and move around and – you know, we'll see. It's, so we don't, you know, to answer your question, we haven't really um, solidified a depth chart yet. We're still getting a, getting a look at everybody. I know you've got a big meal of broccoli and uh, tree bark to get to, so we'll, we'll, we'll let you get there in just a second. But I have one more question. Uh, where's Mo Longy at in his development? People are so interested in just seeing his progression. Where's he at? Uh, he's as raw as you can imagine. And so, you know, I'll, I'll give him time, be patient with him. He's a great kid. He's a fast learner, but, uh, I mean, hey, line up to the field. 
what's the field? <laughs> or we're on the field, right? It's like little things like that. Where's the line of scrimmage? You know, like uh, it's little things like that. You got to teach him because the game is he's never really played. And, sure. And all, all the things that you take for granted, you just say in a meeting. You look over and he's just like, you know, he gives you that blank stare. You know, it's just like okay. He doesn't know what that means. <laughs> you got to back it up a little bit and explain. So it, it'll take time, but he's a quick learner, and he's got a great attitude about it. All right, we appreciate the update. We look forward to uh, some real football coming up here in fall camp, not just fake football, and enjoy the broccoli and tree. Lemons. Bark. Get some lemons on Take this. Take Reno with you, too. <laughs> that guy. You need some broccoli. That guy just needs tree bark for the rest of his life. <laughs> thanks, Eliza. All right, thanks. BYU football fall camp all access with Eliza Tuiaki. What's an interview without throwing Reno Mahe in there at the end? Always got to throw him under the bus. <laughs> he ripped up our picture. And we've we said, said that we forgave we, him. But really, maybe we haven't because we keep going back well, after him. Forgiveness given, but still cheap <laughs> shots thrown in randomly later. Which position group are you most excited to see this season and why? Maybe it's the defensive line coached by Eliza Tuiaki or the running backs coached by Reno Mahe. Tell us your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. I've got one I want to throw in here. Okay, do it. At Kristen1258 says, Punter, want to see Johnny Linehan find another fourth and 19. Sorry, just couldn't resist. Had to keep it going. Well, a red card has been issued. Straight red. Come here, Kristen. Come here. Come stand in front of Jerem. from no one. Come stand in front of Jerem. Let him write your name down. (laughs) Fourth and no more. Don't forget. Wow, red card. Jerem's not messing around today. Hey! The warnings have been issued. We're 26 days away. The warnings have been issued. Up next, (laughs) a guy who's hitting a lot of home runs, Jerem. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot. Making his way through the professional ranks. Colton Shaver joins us. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. A hearty thanks to today's guests, Blaine Fowler and Elisa Tuiaki. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Colton Shaver as well, thanks. Oh, Late yeah. ad there, yeah. yeah. That's right. Coming up this week, more two-on-ones for football practice, including Diane Gonwoluku, Greg Rebell between lines to learn Frankham, and a new 10 and 10. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Cougars practice Saturday. They'll practice again tonight. We'll be live from practice at about 8.15 Eastern with Facebook Live interviews. Players and coaches on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page. Cougars in the NFL. Detroit Lions lineman Ziggy Ansah placed on the physically unable to perform list. Sports Illustrated did rank the top 400 players in the NFL. Ziggy cracked the top 100 at 99. Get better, Zig. Alternon Brown waved by my Seahawks. Cougars in the Major League. Jacob Brugman with his first three-hit game in his Major League career, going three for five, including his third home run and a 6-5 to five win for the Oakland A's over the Minnesota Twins. And former Cougar Jeremy Guthrie announced his retirement after 13 seasons in the majors. He started two games in the 2014 World Series. Cougars in the minors. Colton Shaver, two for four with a run batted in and a 5-2 to two loss for the Tri-City Valley Cats against the Vermont Lake Monsters. Same two teams tonight, 7 Eastern. Maverick Buffo pitched two innings, struck out three, gave up two hits and a win. Taylor Cole pitched two scoreless innings, striking out two in a 5-2 loss for the Buffalo Bison against the Louisville Bats. Good name. Colton Mahoney pitched an inning, gave up no runs, 3-2 in for the Green Greensboro Grasshoppers. Jacob Hanneman went 1-3 for three in a 5-4 win for the AAA Iowa Cubs over the Albuquerque Isotopes. Baseball. For the weekend, Daniel Schneeman went 4-11, for 11. Keaton Kringlin 1-10 for 10, but had two RBIs. And Kenny Sons, three innings pitched, four strikeouts, two hits, Given up for the St. Cloud Rocks. Riley Gates pitched one and a third innings with two strikeouts for the Wareham Gateman and a loss of the Orleans Firebirds in the Cape Cod League. Cougars in the PGA. 
Andrew Summerhays finished tied for 42nd in the <gasps> RBC Canadian Open. Back to you. Women's basketball. Jennifer Hampson, 11 points on 5 of 6 shooting, 5 rebounds, 2 blocks for the Indiana Fever in a loss to the Connecticut Sun. Volleyball. And Team USA took 5th in the Pan American Cup. Brendan Sander, 11 kills yesterday. A rise and shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets it? Colton Shaver, he's crushing it. Yeah, literally. Which position group are you most excited to see this season and why for BYU football? Our elite tweet of the day, at Hot Wings 85. Mo Longy, he is a position group. That is all. <laughs> so true. Conversation <laughs> continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN when you want to talk with us. The audio podcast on iTunes. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Jack DeMooney. Yeah. <laughs>